Yo fam, Coach Sam, Strong Gents Coaching, where we help men get physically, mentally, and socioeconomically stronger in life. Our program is done through a membership website, all virtual. Um, we have video recorded lessons on there, all the resources you need, and live coaching calls. If you're interested in getting physically healthy, mentally healthy, and working on your social and career health, you can email us at stronggentscoaching at gmail.com. Today I got a guest on the podcast. He's one of my lifelong friends. He will always be a lifelong friend. His name is Sean Olson. We are not brothers by blood, but by love. And we're going to chop it up. We just got some Mexican food, and we're going to be drinking some whiskey and talking life, son. So what up, fam? What up? What's going on? Chilling. We got some good food, uh, and we definitely got some good whiskey. So we're doing all right. We actually just recently started getting into whiskey couple years you're actually the one who really got all the boys into whiskey i think i can't take full like responsibility because it really was dan our buddy dan was it dan yeah um he was drinking it before me and then i like kind of jumped on the train but then i i like took it to another level and we've been probably drinking whiskey for a while now like at least three years right three yeah, I mean, it's a good drink if you don't have too much of it. Yeah, exactly. Well, we got our tile. I got my tile. I got I got Woodford Reserve is my favorite, right? And then under that, I would say Basil Hayden. And then under that, I'd probably say Bullet Bourbon. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Basil guy. So that's what we're drinking right now, Basil Hayden. We're having some Basil Hayden. Um, me and Sean have been friends for... Yo, dude, how long have we been friends? Yo, I was your... I was your if we go way back, dude, I was your first friend, like, in Freehold. Coach Tom was my first baseball coach in Freehold, and that's when we met. I think I moved here when I was in second grade, so I didn't even start going to school in Freehold until third grade, but I knew you in second grade because I played baseball. Yeah, I think the Sand Nats, that was the name of the yep. team, and uh, Coach DeMarco was yep, the yep. head coach, my dad's team. Yeah, so, um, so 2000. Our grades went by the year, I think. So 2002, we were in second grade. So that's 20, 20, 20 years. Yeah. 20 years. That's crazy. I didn't even really think oh, about friendship. that. Friendship, dude. How crazy yeah. is that? That that's is wild. so wild. Um, it's been a long 20 years. Yeah, it's been a long 20 years. But uh, um, it's it been long, but it feels like it's, it went by like blink of an eye. Yeah, I mean, like, definitely. Like, we've, we've all done so much different stuff in that short amount of time i'm sure there's like people that are your dad's age that are like well 20 years like that ain't nothing but that's true that's true boy do i just when i think about 20 years i'm like I, I train a lot of people on this so i hear a lot of their stories of like friends they used to have and like we've been friends for 20 years all of our boys have pretty much been friends for almost that amount of time mm -hmm. and i honestly for most of us our close friends i feel like like we will, there will never be a time when that stops. So it's like, yeah, it's twenty years is a long time, but honestly, like it doesn't. No, I think we've been like blessed with like a pretty awesome like core group of people to like grow with. Um, because like you said, a lot of people like, oh, these were my high school friends, these were my college friends, or like, this is a work friend, like. Our friends have been friends forever. Yeah, it's not like that, man. We're just the boys, dude. Yeah. It's, it really is just the boys. We got a good core group, too. Um, and 
we're in that stage of life where everybody is going there they're like starting their adult life more yeah. and going in that direction but i want to take it back to when we were starting our young adult life when we were graduating high school so that was 2012 so that's 10 years ago because when everybody else was going to college you decided to join the marine corps yeah buddy the old gun club <laughs> the old the old gun club and i want to like dive in real quick just in case there's any um young men listening to this who are about to make that decision you know what was your motivation at the time to do it and your mindset at the time when you were going in well to be honest like i wish i could claim that i had some like high-minded uh purpose like i wanted to serve the country i mean granted i did want to serve the country but my my first and and most driving factor for why i joined the marine corps was i hated school yeah dude i hated i school absolutely too. hated school and um my mom's like my my mom's a big um, education advocate. She's a teacher, so she was always pushing me to like go to college, do this, do that. And I basically got to the point where I was like, "I'm not going to college because I can't do this stuff anymore." Um, and then went and met with a recruiter. I actually met with an Air Force recruiter first, and he, you know, he didn't do it for me. So then I was like, where else can I go? Met with a Marine Corps recruiter, with my dad, actually. And we were like, this is it. So then the, the long journey from there. But uh, I don't know like if there's any specifics you want to get into. but Just kind of like um, your thought process going in. Like, and you're looking back now. Like, what would you oh, tell, dude? Like, what would you tell 18-year-old Sean now? To make would would you have made this? You Absolutely. Have, yeah, you would have made the same decision. But what would you have told him to expect that you like learned afterwards? Um, I mean, to be honest, like, just get be prepared to like really do some things that like put you out of your comfort zone, and like, I can't even talk. Like, there's there's not enough words for me to describe like how much of a factor the Marine Corps was in me becoming who I am today. And I mean that in a positive, like the most positive way I can possibly mean it because when I was a 18 year old brat and like, we'll get it straight. I was a brat. We all were. I was a punk. hundred percent. Yep. I was not prepared for life. Like, in the slightest, you know what I mean? Like my parents did a good job kind of raising me, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Um, but the Marine Corps is really what like raised me. Um, as far as my mindset when I was going in, to be honest, I still kind of like keep the same mindset where it's like, let's just do it and jump in and kind of see what happens. Um, but yeah, yeah. Me and you were pretty similar in that regard. I mean, I growing up with you. I mean, I was at your house. I was at your house. Had to be at least five days out of the week growing up. I mean, uh, eating my grandma's food. Yeah, I was about to say having Gracie carrying around her her oxygen tank vacuum and yelling at her. Yeah, man. Pick up your feet. Pick up your feet. Yeah. Uh, she was a gangster. But we were similar because 
I saw your mom was always chasing the school. Like she was always doing school, right? Mm-hmm. And my mom did the same thing. My mom, school, 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 went and got her doctor. And my dad did a ton of school. And I didn't go to college like you right out of high school. I was like, I'm not doing that shit. Like, and at the time, it wasn't, it, it wasn't because I thought college was the wrong move. It was because I really wanted to make money. I didn't want to, I hated school. I was like, how can I make money right away? And the fact that me and you are both sitting here now, didn't go to school right away, right? But we are in a very successful position. And I think part of that, I think for you, it was the Marine Corps, the way you just explained it, that kind of shuffled you along a better path and mm-hmm. like gave you structure. For me, it was the opposite of that. I had so much like uh, disorderness that I had to pick it up along the way or else I was going to fail. And I think it forced me to grow up faster. And I think the Marine Corps forced you to grow up faster also. 100%. Even before you said that, the the word forced growth kind of like was popping into my head. Because like, you know, for a lot of our buddies, and I'm not saying this is like wrong or they're wrong or, you know, what, whatever we did was right because everybody has their own path and everybody, you know, figures it out along the way. Well, some people don't, but for the most part, all of our friends have figured it out in their own way. Yeah, which is amazing, by the way. But for us at that time, it was like, we're not going to school. We're not going to have, you know, guidance counselors and, and professors like telling us what we should and shouldn't do is basically like jump off the, the diving board and get in the pool and either swim or drown. Yeah. A hundred percent. I felt the same way. Um, I felt the exact same way. What was, what do you think was the number one thing that you took away from the military? Like that really like is still inside you. Like after you left, no one was you bossing you around anymore. That character trait. Self-discipline. Dude. Dude. Amazing. Um, amazing. Like, I'm not saying I'm the most disciplined person because like, you know me, I'm clearly not in some, in some aspects of my life. But, um, as far as things like showing up to work on time, um, getting to the gym, doing the necessary things to put yourself in a position to be successful is all the Marine Corps. I mean, like when I was 18, fresh, fresh into the fleet, as we call it, um, it's like they tell you to be at formation or be at PT, which is physical training, uh, basically you go for runs or whatever in the morning. Uh, they tell you to be out at 445 in the morning. If you're not there at 445 in the morning, you're going to pay one way or the other. It's either going to be physical, extra work. You're going to be cleaning bathrooms. You're going to pay somehow. So you either learn to show up at 445 or you pay the price every day. So you learn to show up at 445. You learn quickly. Uh, Yeah, I think a big, I I mean, I see this a lot just because some of the clients that train their kids are just so irresponsible. There's no no self-discipline at all. And um, I think for me, I developed self-discipline. I think one part, I actually do think a component of it is somewhat genetic. I mean, my dad is a disciplinary freak. (laughs) Not in terms of like, he never disciplined us as kids ever really. But just him and himself is so disciplined. Like he's never offbeat. The dude is like a robot. He's just an Iron Man. But your dad sets a 
a high bar. Yeah, he sets a high bar. He's like, dude, dude, honest, I'm all honest to God, dude, he's the best man, like, I know. Like, I don't, I sometimes, and I try to be a really good dude, but at, there's sometimes where I'm like, I'm a complete and total asshole. And, like, I look at him and I'm like, this dude, there's no, like, there, there ain't no asshole bone in his body. There's just not. Um, but for me, self-discipline came in my line of work, dude, because, like, I work with people. So, like, I get paid off of being responsible and disciplined enough to show up and give a good service. And I I realized quickly, like, if I don't show up on time or if I'm not there on the yeah, days, no one's going to want to do that. But I think kids nowadays, like, every this, like, like safe zone, like, oh, you're okay. Like, don't, we don't want you to be hurt or you, you got to be safe. It's, like, destroying kids, young men's capabilities to, like, handle themselves, like, handle handle their own in, in the world. Well, yeah, that's why, I mean... Again, I don't want to sound like I'm, like, beating down people for, you know, whatever path you take, as long as you end up on, in the right direction, good for you. But there's so many people out there today that we know that are just, they haven't grown up because they've always been coddled. They always have that safety net, dude. Mm-hmm. That safety net. Do you think, like, for example, like... Um, just because my sister's there right now, so it's on top of my head. Israel does the two-year mandatory, mandatory military thing, right? Um, you think there's there should be... It doesn't necessarily have to be in the military, but you think we should have something like that? Um, We're like right out of high school. It could be a trade tough school. Tough to say. I think in an ideal world... It could be like a trade school. In an ideal world, in an ideal country, I should say, like for, for the States, it, I think it would be like extremely beneficial if like you know every 18 year old kid had to serve somehow but it just popped in my head yeah is it realistic probably not just because you know that's i think self-discipline is one of the most important like character traits you can have in your entire life because if you're disciplined you can be successful in almost anything i think at least from my experience i think that's the case um i just don't know I don't know how there's a way to, like, get people to be more disciplined. Because I, I see it every day in my job, dude. Like, people don't even want to, they don't even want to cook for themselves. So, it's so, it's so frustrating. But that's kind of what we're trying to do with the Strong Gents program is is give people the tools they need to, to gain that discipline. What is, from the military and the self-discipline, like, what are some of the things you still do to this day that you did in the military in terms of discipline, like you were talking about? They would make you get up at a certain time. Like, do you still do anything like that? Uh, I try to keep a structured routine, right? So, like, I think your dad has talked about it before on one of your prior episodes, talking about how structure, right? So, like, that's discipline and structure, I, I, like, from the military at least go hand in hand, right? So, waking up at a certain time eating certain things, right? So like adding, you know, whatever healthy breakfast you want to eat. Once you build that into your routine and you like, it's amazing because, so you talk about clients, right? I, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm sure you have clients that say, oh, you know what? I don't really feel like coming to the gym today or whatever. Oh my god, dude! It happens all the time. I don't want to come to the gym. I don't want to go for a walk. I don't want to eat this. I don't want to eat that. It's always the and I say this all the time. Successful people do what they have to do 
whether they feel like it or not, not what they want to do. Exactly. Right? And everybody's always like, oh, like, well, I don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if you want, you have to do it. Right? Successful people do what they have to do, whether they feel like it or not. And I feel like that's probably what you were taught in the military. Like, you just got to do, like, if this is your job, yeah, you got to do your job. It's uh, Bill Belichick, the, the Patriots coach. He says, do your job. And that actually comes from when he coached at the Naval Academy. Oh, shit. So is this, like, military background? Yeah, do your job. Um, so, like, go, like, I'll use fitness as an example, right? So I have built the gym into my routine since I was probably 16 years old. Yeah, we were in high school going to the gym together. So I've gotten to the point now where my day feels incomplete if I don't work out in some shape or form. Now, granted, there's days where you got to kind of listen to your body and say like, you know, maybe today's not the best day to work out. Maybe I have like an active rest day, whatever. But if I don't work out in some shape or form, that doesn't have to be weight training, running, whatever. Even if I just go for a walk some days, my day then feels complete. I feel like I've accomplished something. And you, you kept the structure. You didn't exactly. You kept the structure. No, no, I agree 100%. That's, it's all about just keeping the structure, keeping the habit. doesn't matter how hard it was. If you don't, Every workout doesn't need to be like the hardest workout in the world. You just got to show up. You just got to like make sure you're there, you're doing something. You keep the schedule because if you keep the schedule, your body and your mind start to adapt or they stay adapted. Um, but to go back to like uh, what we were talking about before, because we were talking about not going to college, but when you got out of the Marine Corps, you went back to college. Right. So what was the decision to do that? What did you graduate in? And then tell people why you decided to go. Now, Sean is leaving um, to go back into the military. So tell them. Yeah, it's why. been a long and winding road. Um, all right. So that's a lot. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll backtrack even further. Um, so when I was in the Marine Corps, just so there's like a little bit of background, I was an engineer I did four years. Uh, I was in the Marine Corps from 2012 to 2016. Um, I went to a million different cool places. I lived in Okinawa, Japan for two years. I got to live out of a tent in Australia for a month. Uh, I did disaster relief in the Philippines. Like I saw the world, uh, well, part of the world, which was one of the like building block experiences of my entire life. Um, so when I got out of the Marine Corps, I, I, uh, I got out from San Diego, uh, MCS Miramar. Um, so I was in California. I came home and to be honest, I really didn't have much of a plan. Uh, at the time I thought I wanted to be a law enforcement officer. Um, so my first job, I worked for a private security firm. Um, and then I kind of hated the job. I shouldn't say I kind of hated the job. I absolutely hated the job. <laughs> um, and that kind of turned me off toward um, pursuing law enforcement as a uh, career. So then the next best thing, I guess, in my head at the time was use your GI Bill because I had a lot of really good leaders along the way, um, which I'm super thankful for. That when I was getting ready to get out of the Marine Corps, they always told me, 
dude, use your GI Bill. Even if you're not planning to, you know, use your college degree, basically, I mean, they would tell me, you're going to get paid to go to school, and then you're going to get a degree, and no one can take it from you. Yo, my dad says it all the time. Um, even though I, I didn't want to go to school, he always said, like, if you just get it done, it's something you'll have for the rest of your life that nobody can take from you. It's yours. It's yours. No matter what happens to you, you get your house taken away, you get your car taken away, you can walk into a building and say, I got, I can do this, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's super powerful. Um, but you, you went to school for communications, right? So I started at Brookdale uh, Community College, which is in Lincroft. Um, I got an associate's degree in communications. And then I transferred to Rutgers and got a bachelor's degree in journalism and media studies because I was then, I, I shouldn't say planning on, because to be honest, in my head, it was never really that concrete. Um, I was thinking about possibly getting involved in uh, sports media, but um, I'd say probably my third year in college, uh, so when I started at Rutgers, I, I worked for the Veterans Affairs Office, and um, I met some of like the coolest people I've ever met in my life, and one mentor specifically, he was actually technically my boss, but he was just like the coolest guy ever, this dude named Dennis Penny, uh, he's a Navy vet, um, and basically, he inspired me without trying to. To go back into the military. Um, so then, here I am now. So now, you're going to the Coast Guard instead of the Marine Corps this time. Um, but just to, for any like dudes out there a little younger, um, like that's not a smooth shit, dude. Like No, man. That's not, but, you know, you like people, I think people have this false narrative in their head where they think like they're going to graduate high school, go to college, get a degree get hired right away, make six figures, live this happily ever after life. And sometimes it just doesn't work. Mo almost all the time, it doesn't work out that way. And people end up, when one bad thing doesn't go, or when one thing doesn't go their way, I feel like most people end up spiraling down into like anxiety, depression, all stuff, um, which me and you have experienced from time to time 100%. again. But but if you could give advice to somebody who's like, 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 oh, this just, it's not working out. Like, you went through so many different things. Like, what, what could you speak on that like i saw a tweet this is actually funny i saw a tweet this morning that speaks to exactly what you're saying and it's from kendrick perkins anybody that watches uh espn he's an nba analyst and he's hysterical in my he, he's funny <laughs> he's funny he tweeted this morning he said i i I, don't, I won't get it exact but basically it was something along the lines of as long as you're still on the path and you're grinding you're doing well. Yeah. Because 100%. a weak motherfucker would have quit already. Ah, oh, I love that. Say it again. As long as you're still on the path and you're grinding, you're doing well because a weak motherfucker would have quit already. 100% true. Right? 100% true. When you're going through it, like, there's definitely times that's a complicated situation for, for someone like you because, like, you're, you're out of the military. You didn't really like it so much when you're working in it, right? Like, the, the military shaped you to who you are now and looking back you appreciate it but when you were in it I remember having conversations with you when we were you were overseas and we could talk you were like man this is not fun and yeah I was a punk I was like uh, 
very immature. Like as as much as the 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 military has like given me, when I was in, I didn't I didn't get it. I didn't really understand like um, just life in general. To be honest, I mean, like I would bitch and complain about stuff that now I look back on and say like that's just part of the job, dude. Like. Just- any job you work, no matter where you work, and like, I've worked what four or five jobs since I got out. Yeah. It's the same shit everywhere. Same so. shit. Same shit. But um, the schooling part, right? That's four years. Um, doing something where you necessarily didn't want to do it, right? What did you keep telling yourself when you were studying for school, kind of knowing that it's not necessarily you kind of doing it for no, not necessarily no reason. Because you have the degree, like you said, but you you, were, you weren't confident that you were going to go into that field, right? So, like, what kept you disciplined enough to hit the books instead of, like, I mean, me and you, we did our fair share of partying, don't get me wrong, and drinking and messing around. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. We, we did. But seriously, though, like, because most people, like, if you knew you were going to go back into the military, which you said you didn't really know until year three, but what kept you going through the school? Because a lot of people, a lot of people struggle with school and they don't even have a second plan like going into the military. You know what I mean? So, for me, it was really just like, to be honest, I, I guess the best way I can describe it is like I actually began to enjoy education. Um, Yo, isn't that crazy? Because I feel the same way. Yeah, like a certain part of me was like, you know what? Like, this is cool. Like. I, Cause I used to be the dude who was like, "Oh, you college boys, whatever." When yeah, I was yeah. in the Marine Corps, but like, dude, it's added so much value to like who I am as a person, just because I've learned things that like I otherwise wouldn't have learned. I think, and I think going the formal education route is a, a good way, just because it it structures people. But you you can get edu- education. You can do self education, education for people around you. Hundred percent. I'm not saying college is like the only way to go. No, no. My point is, is not that. It's um, it, it's sometimes people need their world to be shattered. They need a different perspective. You know what I mean? And I think education does give that chance for people to like challenge their mental capacity. Like, this is what you think, but have you ever thought about this? Or yeah, you don't know this, but what if you did know it? How can you apply it to your life? So going through the schooling, like. And you're saying you enjoyed the education. Um, is any of that transferring over into your new career, like the what you did in school? Uh, I mean, specifically like skill set based. No, nothing mm-hmm. I learned in school is gonna um, like give Apply. me any any added value in the in the Coast Guard, other than the fact that I have a bachelor's degree, so I can put in to become an officer. Yeah, but dude, think think about this for a second. Think about this, right? You went four years of military, right, where they paid for pretty much, like, your stay, your food and stuff, right? And then you everything had... Everything. Everything. Right? I didn't pay for a thing. And then you got a salary? Did they give you salary? So, you get... It's called BAH. Uh, it's basically, like, a monthly stipend for housing while you okay. while you attend school. So, think about this. From 18 uh, to 22, you're just stacking up cash, traveling the world, right? Yeah. You come back. Military's paying for your school and your housing still. Yeah. Right? So now you get a couple, it doesn't matter, you get a couple random jobs. You just, you know, you don't know exactly what you want to do. Drove Uber for a while. Drove Uber for a while. Worked for the county for a while. Um, but still, you don't, you, they're paying for most of your shit. 
So you're stacking cash. Then you're like, no, I'm going to go to school and get a bachelor's degree. They're paying for that. So you're still saving money. And now you're at a point where you're growing up. We're almost 30. And you're like, I'm going to finish my career in the military. And dude, look at you. Like you got no, no college debt, like no, no other debt. You're like, you're about to embark on your biggest career. Like when you look back and you're like this, you're like, I like you look in the mirror. You're like, this motherfucker did it. Like, yeah. is that a weird thought? I mean, I always say like, if, if, if somebody could talk to 18 year old Sean and be like, Hey man, like you're going to get a bachelor's degree from Rutgers one day. I'd be like, you're out of your fucking mind. No way. Like, uh-uh. I ain't going to college. <laughs> Isn't that crazy though? To look back, like, just to see what has unfolded, dude. Like, yeah, man. I mean, and there's still so much life left to live. Yeah, there is. There so, is. it's like, uh, it's exciting. I mean, it's cool. I, I think there's so much stuff that both of us. Shit, man, we're 28 years old. 22. We got so much life left to live. 20, 20 years old. Some of our boys are um, having kids now, and a lot of them are getting married. and uh, So it's just a new, new chapter of life um, that's happened, that's going on. But, uh, dude, you want to know what's a funny story that I always think of? Um, damn, dude, that hot sauce is, I just rub my eyes. It's on my finger. Dude, my eye, <laughs> my eye is on fire from that Mexican food we ate before. Oh, my God. Well, the waitress came up to us at the table and she gave us two different hot sauces and she was like, the red one is very, very hot. The green one's mild. And <laughs> Sean tried the red one. So and she wasn't fucking lying. <laughs> she ain't lying. And I just touched my eye with my finger that I touched the hot sauce with and I'm crying right now. Sam might lose an eye. Yeah, I'm definitely losing an eye right now. Yeah. Um, damn, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah. So me and Sean, like I mentioned before, uh, been friends for so long and we we probably fought we fought a lot of times. Oh, we actually got in a fist fight. Yeah, we got into a fist fight out of uh, in front of Rita's in Freehold <laughs> on Main Street when we were like 15, 16 years old. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it goes to show how good of friends we are because we got into a fight, we rolled into the street, we were both bloody. And we get up and we look each other in the eyes and we're like, I love you, brother. And we hugged. Yeah, we, hugged him. We right ki- hugged and kissed. Um and it just goes to show, like, that's happened with a couple of our friends, dude. And, like, uh, even though everybody's getting married, having kids, we don't see each other tech necessarily as often. Like, um, I know for a fact if I was to call you in 20 years from now never speaking to you, I you, mean, you'd be like, we would speak. Yeah. But my point is, is, like, I, that friendship, man, is, dude, that's, I think about it all the time. Like, yeah, I, I mean, we always say that we're not. I can't believe I've been blessed so wild. Yeah, we're not, we're not brothers by by blood, but we damn sure are brothers. Yeah, not by blood, but by love. I say it all the time. Um, going forward from here, dude, like, what are you excited for in the Coast Guard? Um, so, again, I wish I could give you, like, some high-minded thing about... I mean, I could, because now that I'm a little bit older, I do have uh, different opinions on, like... Uh, like, what I want my life to be about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the... So, the main reason I picked the Coast Guard is because I'm a beach bum. Yeah. And I love being on the beach and by the water. So, I said, how can I join the military 
but still get to hang out on the beach all the time. Coast Guard. Coast Guard. And you get to retire early, right? Uh, well, I get my time back from the Marine Corps, so I got to do 14 years because my some of my inactive reserve time counts. So 14 more years. We're retiring in, you'll be, what, less than 40? Yeah, no, 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 I'll be probably, it's like 45 years old. 45, 45. Um, damn, really, that? Okay, yeah, that makes sense. We're 28. Yeah, we're a little older. Yeah, we're 28 years old. It's crazy. Almost 30. Um, trying to think if I have any other questions about the military for you. But I really, I think we covered most of it. Would you tell somebody to join the military? All right, this is a good one. Um, so I never want to be the guy that's like pushing people into the military because it really isn't for everybody. Um but if you if you think and I don't want to come across like a recruiter because I'm not one. No, you're not. No, I know you're but not. um if you if you have any interest in, in the military, my first suggestion would be to talk to someone who was in. Not a recruiter. Talk to someone that you can get put into contact with. Shit. If you know Sam, tell Sam to give me a call and I'll talk to you. That's awesome, yeah. Because for some people, I think it is phenomenal. For me, it was amazing. It's the reason why I am who I am today. But for some others, it may not be the way to go. But I guess what I can say is, from my own experience, uh, it's it's absolutely, if you don't want to go to college, it's the way to go. I have another client, um, uh, his name is Jesse, he's the man, and he spent his whole career in the military, and uh, he had some injuries, that's why he had to leave the military, um, but he, the best decision he ever made in his entire life, he mm-hmm. said he, best decision he ever made in his entire life, he was 23 years, or 20 years, 30 days in the Navy, something like that, he was a medic in the Navy, and uh, now he actually lives down the street from me now. Um, in New Jersey, he's the man. He's got good family, and uh, when he got out of the military, he got a couple degrees. So you know, just like you, and um, and Uncle Sam paid for him. Uncle Sam paid for him. He's living. Happy. I think for some people, it, listen, like if you're if you're like like for example, I wish I wish I went in back in the day, but I had a girlfriend at the time. Um, who life got in the way. We were in a serious relationship at the time. I thought that was going somewhere, like marriage and all that stuff, and uh, it ended up not working out. But um, I did find something I love to do, the fitness stuff. And I've been doing that since I was, shit, 17. I started working at the YMCA teaching classes at 17. So I've been doing that for a decade, which is like wild. But um, if I could go back, do I really think I would go in? Because that first four years, I needed that, that suit. I needed that discipline, dude. I was, we, yo, we were, we were some wild motherfuckers growing up, dude. I mean, I was wild while I was in the Marine Corps still. Yo, so. but dude, think, you know what, let's. Let's swap topics real quick because I was talking about this with a client the other day. Um, his kids are grown up and um, they, they have all these electronics. Dude. They're never outside. Like, they don't ride bikes anymore. And their parents can watch them on the phone. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, track them on the phone. When we were growing up, dude, like, my dad, my, my parents had no fucking clue where we were. Yeah. None. And honestly, None. like, I don't want to 
make my mom sound like she was a bad mom, but she probably <laughs> didn't get she did she she probably didn't give a shit. She was probably like, "Well, he's not here bothering me, so uh, who cares? He's probably out in the woods crawling around in the mud." Or Yo, something. but what's crazy is like when we were eleven years old, we were in the woods crawling in mud, dude. The kids nowadays are, it's. It's wild. Like, we used to ride our bikes miles, miles, and do whatever the hell we wanted. Anything we want. Yeah, and, man. And I watch kids now, and they're, they're just on their phones 24-7. Like, you don't, even have, you don't even have social media. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic. Uh, Why did you choose to delete your social media? Uh, I mean, like, I just feel, I, I mean, want to get into the topic of, like, mental health and anxiety and stuff like that, um, for a while, so, like, when I first got out is really, like, when that whole, it all peaked, because, like, I think at the time I didn't understand why it was happening to me, um, but now looking back, I, I guess I do understand, I had so much on my plate, um, my dad had just recently passed away. I was going through a crazy transition um, from living four years in the Marine Corps to getting out and really not having much of a plan for like what the next chapter of my life was going to be about. So really, I was kind of just like swimming. I was like overwhelmed with everything. And I like got down on myself. Um yeah, like, what was the, the social media aspect? Of oh, so, all right. So at that time, that stuff kind of became like, it just piled on to all of that. It would become like a, when you know how they talk about like doom scrolling? Yeah, you just endlessly. Where you're just like stuck. And there was a point in time where I was like. Trying to fill the void. I think I was scrolling through Instagram and I kind of just like looked up and I was like, like, what? What am I doing? Like, yeah. what is this? This is a waste of time. I could be, I could be like, working, doing something productive. <laughs> could be working or studying or yeah. So or being healthy, you know. At that time, I kind of just deleted it as like, you know what? I'm gonna take a break. Like, I'm gonna get rid of this and just kind of see how I feel. And it started with Instagram, so I deleted that. And then Facebook kind of became like a, a drag. It was like. You're wasting your time and energy responding to people's posts and like happy birthday messages and all this like bullshit from people that you realistically don't care about. Dude, um, dude, I, I have clients who are in their 40s and 50s, right, who they take that social media stuff so seriously. Mm -hmm. I got moms who are on Facebook all the time and I hear this like – I'm, I'm there to train these people and they're coming in talking drama about what's going on on social media. Yeah, I'm like, man. this is psychotic, dude. Like, yeah. freaking psychotic. It's crazy. But I do think it, it increases people's anxiety and depression because you got the, like, trying to keep up with the Joneses experience going yeah, on. Yeah, 100%. Like, and people put their, their fake life on all the time. Like, like um, we even know people who've done that before where it's like they're just posting all this like positive stuff on on the gram or whatever. I mean, they're absolutely miserable people in, in real life. Yeah, yeah. It's... It's just a show. It's just a show, man. So It's just a show. Yeah, I, I basically got to the point where I was like, none of this is adding any value to my life at all. So why do I have it? And then it was gone. I deleted it all probably within like six months of each other. 
life never changed. Better nope. than ever. I kept a Snapchat for a while and then I deleted that too because it became like another like drag. It was like you're just on. Oh, it. this person Snapchatted me. I have to respond now. Like for some weird arbitrary reason. Like it was dumb. Dumb. Yeah. No, I agree with you. The only thing I use social media now for is the strong gents. Uh, coaching for the most part. Um, so if you listen to this, you can search strong gents underscore coaching at Instagram and plug, plug it, shameless plug, strong gents dash men's coaching on Facebook. Um, I was going to say something. About, oh, you talked about uh, your dad passing away and then didn't your grandma passed away? My grandma passed away uh, probably two years before my dad. Then my uncle passed away a year after that. And then my dad passed away a year after that. Yeah, so all and that's it was all a rough time through like that growing portion of a young man. Yeah, man, and then I then I got out of the Marine Corps right after. And then I just I mean, we me and you kind of went through a struggling period together at the same time. I was going through depression at the time because um, I was going to see surgeons all the time. They were telling me I was all messed up and shit. I wasn't gonna be a personal trainer, all this stuff, and I was in all this like physical pain. So yours was a little bit different. You had a lot of loss in the family and then getting out of the Marine Corps, you didn't really know what you were doing. Mine was a little different because I was told, you know, like physically your body's failing you and like you're not gonna be able to do what you want to do. So we ended up we partied a lot. Like we did. We drank a lot. We were going out all the I'm time. I'm still prone to party every <laughs> now and then. <laughs> I work too much. I I do every once in a while. But um I look back, dude, I really think we could have went down a bad, bad path. Oh, like, for sure, that. yeah. Um, I know what saved me. Um, what do you think, like, deterred you from going down that path? And then I'll answer with That's what. That's a really good question. Um, because, dude, like, we were partying a I, lot. To be, I really don't know, to be honest. I think it's just, like, an innate sense that, like, I needed to kind of get my shit together and i don't want to portray like i do have my shit together i don't think anybody ever truly has their shit together you just keep getting better at yeah at you just try to perfect things. like your own quirks yeah you just um yeah also i don't want it to seem like because i hate when people do this when they talk about anxiety and depression and things like that they make it seem like Oh, that was in the past. Oh, no. No, that's a flux. Like, it keeps... It will always jump back up. That's you know a what flux. I mean? That's yeah. So, that's, that's another thing, going back to learning how to deal with your own quirks, is learning about yourself. Oh, yeah. And knowing when the those, those demons start jumping back up, oh, yeah. and what you need to do to, well, to get them, to get them back down to put them back in the cage yeah i actually um it's like one of my i think most people hide hide from them their inner self like they try and suppress it and and i think there's a time and place for for medications right like antidepressants and anxiety medications but i think a lot of people use those too soon i'm a fan i i refuse to take those drugs actually like um my dad even recommend i go on an antidepressant and i refuse to take it um I probably should have at one point just to like help me along the way, but I didn't. And it, honestly, looking back, I'm glad I didn't because what I really was able to do was I was able to like stand toe to toe with those demons, dog, yeah, and like learn who they were. And it's I call it I call it the shadow side of myself. Like that thing is always there, dude. Like yeah. it's always there. You can't suppress it, but but you you gotta be if you're aware of it and you acknowledge it, you have a better chance of handling it because you you can understand when it starts when it starts coming out. 
Yeah. And when it starts grabbing you. And I think we were getting choked by that fucking thing, that shadow side, kind of at the same time. We've had a pretty similar, like, path in terms of just, like, the growth we've had. I think some of our friends actually have, like, I think that's why we've been friends for such a long time without, like, we've all had a similar path. But, like, again, like, what do you think was that, like, like driving force for you to, like, like avoid falling into the trap of just succumbing to those, like, thoughts that were telling you, like, fuck this, I might as well drink, or life is terrible, like, I'm not, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I just, like, I think I learned, like, about myself, right? So, there's always an, another, this is like a, kind of a Marine Corps mantra, um, that has always, like, kind of stuck with me. It's like, basically embrace the suck, right? Yeah. So, like, shit may not be going your way, but you know what, like, if you embrace it, and take it in and learn from it and keep it moving. When you come out on the other end, you will be so much stronger because of it. Yeah, 100%. Um, there's an awesome like, frame of mind. It's a, it's a little quote from a book. Um, life happens in seasons of death and rebirth. Right? So like we're like a lot of times in life when like challenges come our way, we feel like it's like the worst thing in the world. Like at the time, right? Like, like when my first girlfriend, like, when we were breaking up at the time, dude, I thought like life, I thought life was ending. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like when someone passes away, like you think life is ending, but it's like a death. And if you work through that, you have a rebirth and you become a, a more wholesome human being. Like for me, when I was going through those struggles, um, the way I saw myself out of it was I was like, there is a reason for my suffering. Like I'm not just suffering for no goddamn reason. Like this is, that's just wrong. Like, so I, I, I was like really asked myself like, why? Why am I suffering? What is this for? And for me, it was to help other people live healthier lives. Like I learned a lot through this suffering. I did a lot of studying during the suffering. Um, I had a lot of experience during the suffering. So now I'm going to help other people get over their suffering. And for me, that's helping them physically through the physical body in order for them to live a better life. And that is like my purpose. So now I, I can't go out partying and drinking like I used to when I was a little younger because I got a responsibility to help these people live a better life. But every once in a while, like I get that call where it's like, I'm not feeling good, man. Like I'm, I'm sad. Like, what am I doing this for? This is, you know, and the way I fight that inner demon really is by telling myself like, no, like, like you're doing your purpose, keep doing your purpose. And like, it's all gonna, it'll all work out. You just keep your head straight. Keep going. And then like, like I said, and you basically just kind of described it as well, like why am I suffering? Right? So when you came out the other end, you learned what that felt like. You learned what that question was to ask yourself, right? So now when that comes back up again, you you know, you have the tools to handle it. Or at least more tools. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you may not have, you know, you don't have the, the perfect, you know, plan to say oh this is exactly what i need to do to get this to go away but you have an idea of like how you need to handle yourself and it could be even the smallest things right like you know waking up a little earlier going to sleep a little earlier like just little tiny tweaks that you need to make in order to get yourself back on track no it's true because sometimes when you start listening to those thoughts again or like that that side of you that's not 
necessarily in your best interest, you start to fall off on those simple things first, like right away. You're like, oh, I'll snooze another 10 yeah. minutes, right? Or I'll wait to take the trash out, you know, a week later. And then those things pile up. And before you know it, you're back to where you're back to where you were. Which in my mind, I think physical fitness, like having an exercise routine is one of the best ways to combat oh, that, dude. Keeps you sharp. Absolutely. What have you been doing recently um, for working out? Uh, so, so I'm based, like, you know me, I'm usually like heavy lift, uh, you know, beat the shit out of myself maybe do some cardio i mean in the last like two years i've kind of fallen in love with running but that's a whole different side story yeah but for the most part i lift heavy i get after it in the gym i clang and bang but recently i've been getting ready to go obviously back into the military so i've been doing a lot of body weight exercises uh a lot of kettlebells and a lot of running. So you you a CrossFit athlete now though? Pretty much. Dude. <laughs> like it's kind of, like I swear to God, it's funny you said that because I'm messing around. Because the other day, I was like <laughs> I had a kettlebell and I was doing pull ups on the um, they like the the gym I go to has these um basically like rock climbing things where yeah, you can do yeah, pull ups yeah. on them. I was yeah. doing pull ups on that and I was doing kettlebell swings and I kind of was like. Bro, I'm a crossfitter. <laughs> Yo, you are a crossfitter, dog. <laughs> but I mean, dude, like for what I need to like get my body ready for, like CrossFit kind of is like. The, the, no, CrossFit's. A, I always tell people yeah. this. I'm like, CrossFit's a great actually exercise modality. Like trainer Sam is about to pop out real quick for like three seconds. <laughs> um, but the problem with with CrossFit is it emphasizes the Olympic lifts so much, mm. and Olympic lifting is in the Olympics for a reason, dude. Mm-hmm. Like people train since they're like five years old to win a gold medal in Olympic lifting, and then you got fucking Susan who hops off the couch at forty four and yeah, she goes she's to the CrossFit gym. <laughs> they give her a PVC pipe one hour, yeah. and they teach her like a really shitty snatch, and then she goes and puts a hundred pounds on the bar, and she dislocates her shoulder, and she yeah, has yeah, yeah. orthopedic surgery. But the premise of CrossFit is great, like. Doing things for ne- not necessarily heavy reps and sets, but for time, doing full body movements. Like the premise of CrossFit is great. I think if they took out the Olympic lifts, or at least if you're going to add in the Olympic lifts, it has to be a really long progression. Like if you have someone who's 44 and they haven't worked out in 20 years, like that person shouldn't t- touch the barbell oh. for Olympic lifting for another three years. Why is somebody that's 44 doing snatches or Olympic lifting? Yo, you walk into any CrossFit gym, bro. No, I know. You see Susan's out there. You see Karen's with yeah. their their jet blonde hair like cut to the ears and yelling at the bosses. Doing Turkish get-ups with 65-pound <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Um, no, I think that's, that's how you feeling physically. That, that's a loaded question. Uh, I feel good. I feel like I'm in great shape. I feel like I could smoke some motherfuckers right now. I love it. Um, but Not my dad, though. I'm, no, 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 no. <laughs> Yo, Coach Tom no. got the wheels, He's a dude. bad motherfucker. He's got the wheels. Um, but I do kind of feel like a little worn out. I'm feeling 28. <laughs> feeling 28. Yeah, I mean, people like your dad's gonna laugh when he hear, when he hears you say that. But yeah, my dad actually, um, every he's got bad arthritis in his back, so um, every morning he wakes up and he he has a hard time kind of getting out of bed. But 
as soon as he starts walking, it loosens up. You gotta grease the wheels. Just you gotta, dude. You just kind of throw some WD forty on them joints, yeah. and you're good. Yeah. Shake the rust off. Um, but but his mindset is is like he is he's so stubborn, dude. He's like he loves running. Do you want to talk about this? Right. Yeah, that dude is a disciplined guy, man. Like he's the most disciplined. Um, but he says it all the time. Like he wants to do what he loves to do until the day he dies, and he's so stubborn. Like he will not stop doing something if he likes to do it. Doesn't matter how much pain he's in or whatever, he's gonna figure out how <laughs> how to do it. Yeah. So even though we're getting older, like for example, I love working out and I have that Elhurst Danlos syndrome, which is that rare connective disease. So like my body's gonna start; it has started falling apart. But I I'm gonna keep doing what I can do, and I'm just gonna modify it like as I go along. But it's funny you it's funny you say that because like uh, we're 28 and he's gonna be 59. Dude, he might be. He might yeah. be I shouldn't know. I'm sorry, Dad. Monster. I shouldn't know. But, dude, he's a monster. You want to still blow my mind? You remember when we ran, well, I ran 50 miles on my birthday two years ago? You were there. How many did you run? 13? No, I don't think I did 13. I might have done like 8 to 10. 8? Something like eight that. To 10. Um, for anybody who didn't know, I, I ran 50-mile race on my birthday in 2020. He's crazy just like his dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my dad, what's crazier is my dad ran 32 of them that day. <laughs> 32 miles. Monster. I Yo, remember he showed, me his, he showed me his toes that day. Yo, his feet are nasty. And I was like, man, that shit is mangled. <laughs> Yo, his feet are nasty, bro. Oh, dad, clean up them feet, dog. Nasty. Um, you ever want to do any uh, like races and stuff? Like uh, For sure. Like, like triathlons? Or at, oh, one of my biggest, like, uh, I guess, like, bucket list fitness uh, items is, like, at some point in my life, I would love, absolutely love to run the New York City Marathon. I'll do it with you. It's hard to get in. Which yeah, sucks. well, you have, you have to qualify where you can get raffled in. We're yeah. not going to qualify. So if one of us gets raffled in, like, what do you mean I'm not going to qualify? I can't run with the with yo. all those fucking <laughs> monsters. You know they run four minute miles yo. for 26 miles. Yo, it's not yo. even. That's like how is that even humanly possible? People who are good at running are freaks of nature. Freaks of nature. Running. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. When you talk about athletics, running is never mentioned. It's never mentioned, dude. But some of those runners are the most athletic dudes on planet Earth. They they are beasts. Beasts. I'm so I watched the New York City Marathon for like the, actually watched it for the first time this year. And this is gonna make me sound like a shitty worker, but I was at work working overtime watching the New York City Marathon. Um, and I was like, I never like really looked into like how fast they were going like the pacing and stuff like that like i said i kind of recently just got into running yeah and when i found out that they were running basically i mean it's not exactly four minutes but for on an average they're running like four i think it's like four minute and 15 second miles i think for um, 26 miles i think it's a little bit slower than that i think that's the fastest guy in the world yeah yeah, i think that was like the winner yeah yeah right so but dude, that is That's insane. unbelievable. Anything five thirty and less is unbelievable. I could, I, I swear to God, I think the fastest mile I could run right now. I, to, I don't think I could break six. No, I think I could smoke six right now. Actually, I probably could, but I think I could smoke six right now. I mean, imagine but doing that one. Yeah, exactly. Mile, dude. You're doing it for twenty five. Twenty five miles. It's, it's nuts. But yeah, I'd love to run. It doesn't necessarily have to be the New York City Marathon, but a marathon at some point. My, um, me and my dad are signed up for. Uh, you should do it if you, because 
by that time, it's going to be this time, 2023. Like, you'll yeah, be able to take time off. Go, yeah. It's a half marathon in Zion National Park over in Utah. That'd be sick. Yeah. So See, what sucks is because we, like, we've always had, like, kind of, like, different ideas. And, like, oh, we should do this. We should do that. The last, like, almost, I'd say, just under a year is when I've known, like, for sure that I'm going back into the Coast Guard. Yes, you can't so, do like, that. I, like, I want to do those things, but it's almost like I can't risk getting hurt because if I get hurt, my stuff gets pushed back, and then I know. it's a big headache. Yeah, you can't get hurt. <coughs> but what we have been doing and have gone into this last year is golf, boy. <laughs> Yo, let's I talk s- golf, baby. I suck, but... Let's talk... Shameless plug. For anybody who didn't know, I did start a golf clothing line called Closet Caddy. We're on Instagram. I haven't touched it in a year. But I got cool shirts and coffee mugs. Search Closet Caddy. You didn't know that? No. I'll show you when we're done. Search Closet Caddy on Instagram um, and get yourself some cool golf-related shirts. And I think I got some coffee cups on there. I think one of the coffee cups says birdie juice. So before you wake up and play around, you can drink some birdie juice. Or Um, have a breakfast beer out of your coffee. Or or put some Jameson in your coffee. That one. (laughs) That's better. Um, When we first started golf, how much did you hate it? Oh, dude, I mean... Dude, I was so, so bad. So when we first started, dude, I was so bad. Yeah, it was basically... So our friend Dan, who we've mentioned before, and our buddy Cody, they would go golfing all the time, and they would always try to get us to go. And, like, I could not swing a golf club. Could not swing a golf club at all. Me either. Um, But... So when the heat of the COVID pandemic was running around and like we really couldn't do much, I kind of basically said, you know what? I can't do anything else. So I may as well try and turn myself into a golfer. We're going to go golfing, baby. Yeah. So I like bought all the stuff and basically said, you know what? Like you bought all this shit. You're not going to quit. Like you're just going to have to tough it out. Um, so I started playing, and dude, I got to the point where I was like, "Fuck this sport! I'm never playing again. I hate this shit." We had a rough first two months. We were bad. We were bad. Oh, really bad. Really bad. The first time I went, I actually played halfway decent, which kind of like gave you a false sense. Yeah, of it. like mentally, it made me say like, "Oh, this shit is easy." But I actually just recently I started following somebody on Twitter. I don't know their name, but. Basically, oh, it's Nicole Auerbach. She's a uh, uh, hockey writer, I think. But she just got into golf, and she's, like, tweeting through it. And she's basically saying, like, this game is the most humbling, like, experience I think I've ever, like, experienced athletically. Because you could go to the course one day and think you're the shit. Like, where you're striking every ball beautifully, you're putting well, like, but then the next day, you could go to the course, and everything goes to shit. You just fall apart. Yeah. You just fall apart. For me, it's I'm, I'm the type of guy where like um, I start obsessing over something that I want because I want to be good at it. So when I was that – dude, I was terrible. Yeah. I couldn't get the ball off the ground. But I, I'm so obsessed. I would go to the driving range like twice a week and just practice, practice, practice. I would watch YouTube videos and YouTube videos. And now that I'm – I would actually say with confidence, I'm semi-decent for an average player. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty much, golf. we're like just about the same. Yeah. Yeah, we, we shot the same when we went yeah, to play. Yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, on Saturday. Saturday. Um, but having like got through that like shitty portion for the first like 
five, six months. Um, now, it is it is one of my favorite things to do. Oh, 100%. No matter how frustrating I get, it's, dude, that's one of my favorite things to do is go golf. It's the best. Well, because first of all, if it's nice out, you're out in like beautiful weather for what? Three, four hours, sometimes five if you're waiting on old people. Yeah, those old geezers. <laughs> but, um, and then on top of that, I mean, like, everybody knows that I was a Marine, so I love to drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a, a given. Some days you're playing bad golf because you're drinking too much. Yeah. So it gives me an excuse. And to some have... days when you're playing bad golf, you want to drink a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it gives me an excuse to throw back a couple brewskis. Um, but like for like being serious, it's the most amazing game when it comes to like challenging yourself mentally. Physically, like your swing and things like that, they obviously matter. But that's for I think that's for like people who are actually trying to be like professional golfers and like really score well. We're really just going out to have a good time. If you score well, it's cool. But if not, whatever. The 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 thing that's like awesome about golf is every single shot you have to focus. You have to be present. Every you can't shot. just like I equate it to football because I play football. It's like there could be plays where you're not engaged mentally and you just get lucky off instinct or whatever. In golf. If you're not fully engaged mentally when you walk up to the ball, you have no idea where it's going to go. <laughs> you have no that, idea. That little fucking ball can go in any direction yep. at any time. Um, the reason I love golf is because like, um, growing up, we, we our number one thing to do when we were younger was play sports with each other. Like That's what we did yeah, I, nonstop. That's also, I think, part of the reason why we all so close because we all... Always played sports. Yeah, just yeah. love sports. Um, so we were always playing pickup football, pickup basketball, soccer. It didn't matter what it was. We could be tossing around frisbee. We were always playing a game outside together. Yeah, making up our own sports. Making sure. up our own sports. And since we've got older and now we all work a lot and um, you know we can't just go play pickup basketball on a random Wednesday afternoon or whatever it is, golf has become a thing where you don't need the athletic any ability anymore. The risk of injury is way lower. But there's still semi-competition there. Like We, we kind of feed off each other still. But it's one of those things where we get to – it's just the boy time for four or five hours, mm-hmm. you know, at least once a week, which is like – I that's, what, that's my favorite thing in life is hanging out with you guys for three to five hours, um, just being a little competitive, talking a little bit shit, having some serious conversations on the course also, and just being outside. Like there's – there's, it's like being a little kid again, like in, in a sense. It's like when yeah. we were like 13. And just the fact that we can <clears throat> we can do that now for the rest of our life because we picked up a, a fucking miserable game at times. That's awesome. Dude, on Monday I was calling it a miserable game. I threw my pitching wedge. I took a tee shot on a par three. And I topped it. And it went to the like the women's tees. Did you take your pants off and go for a naked lap? No. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> but I I swear to God, you could ask Rob and Cody. I threw my p- pitching wedge a country mile. <laughs> and I was pissed off, so Cody didn't want to say nothing to me. But He was laughing. Oh, yeah. So then I walk up to the ball on the, the women's tees, and I hit 
a, a really good second shot and put it like three feet from the pin. And I turned around and I kind of had like this stupid smile on my face. And Cody goes, he points at my pitching wedge, which is like, like I said, a country mile away. He goes, hell of a toss. <laughs> <laughs> That's golf. Oh, I love it. I was, uh, last week I was struggling a lot. So every time I got into the sand, I didn't even take out the, the sandwich. I just started. Yo, that was genius though. Dude, I was putting out of the sand yeah. and it was. How, yo, how many times did I come a couple feet from the pin? Yeah. The, the first pin. time you did it, you were like, I think I'm going to putt out of here. And I was like, if it works, it works. I don't <laughs> yo, know. The, the Texas wedge out of the sand, baby. That was it. I want to, I was hoping to go this weekend, um, but it's raining over the here. The weather is killing us. But um, uh, when you, he's going to be, you're going to be in Virginia for a couple months, so. Yeah, Yorktown, to... Yorktown, VA. Uh, sick golf course. I'm trying to get some rounds in down there. Yeah, hopefully some of the boys want to go too. Um, maybe, maybe Dan will want to go. I wish Brandon would golf. But... Brand, well, Brandon wants to golf, but Brandon, he's gonna listen to this too. Um, he's like so, ner- you know, he, he's like he's never done it before, so he's so like nervous. He's gonna. Like, I went to the range once with Brandon. He's you know, Sh- shit was ugly. He ain't got no swing. Brandon, you ain't got no swing, dog. <laughs> <laughs> You lefty mother effort. Um, he's just got we got you know what we, we gotta do? Take him indoor golfing. That's better. Then he can like learn how to like the play of the game is. Yeah. He just gotta learn how to swing. He's gotta learn how to swing. <laughs> oh man. Um I think that's that's it, dude, for this. It's been an hour. So Yeah, I mean I'll come back on and do this a million times, so yeah, no, we're going. That's the plan. That all the boys. I want all the boys on. And yeah. even even when you're out there, and uh, we could do it on Zoom. Like, yeah. What do you What do you? I do Zoom with my dad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but this is cool. Hopefully, we can do this like once a week before you head out. I'm down. Um, I'll do it once a week when I'm in. Well, if I can. I mean, yeah, I, there'll I like, be times when I can't. The in person is awesome though, because we get to chill and drink some whiskey. We went out to eat. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but oh, before we leave, I did this with my dad last time too. Huge UFC fans, all of us, all of our oh, friends. Yeah. Huge fights this weekend. Um, who you got in the main event, Oliveira or Gaethje? We actually talked about this when we were eating before. I had Oliveira because I think he's a beast. Yeah, I really like he's an incredible fighter all around. Yeah, and so is Gaethje. I don't want to cheapen him at all, but I think Oliveira is kind of like a next level type dude. But the whole weight cut thing—one, it's a shame because he missed by. Half a, a half a pound. And the way he missed by half a pound sucks. And I think he's like super, super drained. You said you watched the video. With, and I just saw a picture. Yeah, he looks he, he looked, looks bad. Yeah, he looked drained, yeah. Um, And the type of fight that Justin Gaethje's going to bring to him. I don't It shouldn't even be called a fight. He's going to bring him a war. Yeah, it's a dog, dog fight. So, if you're depleted... Because you're tr- you're trying to cut weight and you failed, and you have to fight that dude Justin Gaethje who isn't gonna give you an inch. Nah, yeah, nothing. It's I don't tough. know, man. I'll, what I was saying at dinner too was like not even just the physical part of like trying to lose that half a pound after you thought you made weight because he did think he made weight. Yeah, exactly. Like they had to like translate. I believe in the video they were telling him he like didn't lose the weight because there's a language barrier. Yeah, and he was like shocked in his face. Like, what are you talking about? Um, it's that mental like depression that settles in. 
where you're like, oh my god, like I didn't. Now I'm not gonna be the champion, even if I win. Like, yeah, what was this for? He's already sweated all the way out too. Oh man, that sucks. So I, ain't, I'm with you. I got Gaethje. I had, I had Oliveira by a real slim margin, just because I think he can win more ways than Gaethje. Yeah. But now I think Gaethje takes a takes him out just because uh, the momentum is in his corner now. I yeah. Think. My initial thought process was like, basically what you said, Oliveira has more paths to victory, and if by chance they end up on the ground, he taps them out. Um, who do you got in the co-main, Rose or Carla? I'm with Doug Rose. Doug Rose all, all the way, way dude. Yeah. She's a savage. She's a badass. Uh, Chandler or Ferguson? I think Chandler knocks him out. Yo, I think Chandler smokes him. Yeah. Unless Tony shows up. Tony's like... like yo, he's still... He is burnt. Yeah. He is burnt. And then... Um, who do you got? Uh, Cowboy Cerrone or or Joe Lauzon? That's a that's a throwback fight. Throwback uh, veterans of the sport. That's a tough one to call. I'm I'm I've always been a fan of Joe Lauzon, so I'll just go with Joe Lauzon. Me too. Uh, I just think Cowboy is better than him. I agree. He's yeah. more skilled. I'm just so picking. I think I think Cowboy wins. Uh, but Lauzon put on some wars back in the day. But uh, um, all right, that's it uh, for this episode with Sean, dude, brother. Thank you. For coming out um you can contact us for the coaching program if you want to get physically mentally and socially economically healthier and stronger in life at stronggenscoaching at gmail.com you got anything to say to these dudes before we leave peace out people listen to sam and tom you heard it man peace